like the men in black, we are back. The Grateful Age Show Sucks. back for another episode. Hopefully y'all are doing great this beautiful day. Mr. Watts going back to back. We had so much fun the first time around, we had to run it back one more time. We're going to knock out two episodes today. That's right. We're standing right now, too. I like it. We need to do this more often, man. You know what I mean? Just we switched sure. up the views where we got our standing desk activated. Got my blue Brent's blockers ready to on. Play the piano. Might have to play a set here in a minute. Y'all better be careful. <laughs> I might have some Justin Bieber in my pocket. You never know. But I can't go wrong. Bro, to get the party started today, I saw on your Instagram and your girl's Instagram, you all y'all are fooling with some plants. So what you got going on? You said uh you wanted to update the plants in your new apartment. You said that she's got a little greenery at her house. Tell me all about it, bro. I'm interested. Tell me more. Yeah. So being that I live this lifestyle of being plant-based, you know, it all kind of flows together. But I never really had a lot of plants. I never had plants at all because I just didn't really know how to how to care for them. And I didn't have anybody really close to me, like in my circle, who was super deep into plants, at least that I knew of. You know, I go to people's houses. They don't really have a lot of plants, you know. So Kylie is very much into plants. So is her mom. Gardening, yard stuff. Like her parents are like taking down, you know, building fences, clearing their property, all that. They do all that stuff. Her mom actually has a snake plant, which, by the way, snake plant and pothos, two of the easiest plants to have. They need water like once every three weeks. Super simple. Um her mom has one that's like 15 years old and it's just like huge. So when I met Kylie, she, you know, had all her plants and we were talking, I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to get some. So we went to go get some plants and she actually bought my first couple plants for me. So now, you know, I'm into it. But when I moved, bro, two of my plants, I really couldn't transport them. I really, three of them, I really couldn't transport them. Because they were just too big. I wasn't going to be able to. So I left it with a buddy in Florida. Another one I brought with me, but it almost died in the process. So I needed to restart the collection. So in Kylie's backyard, she grows like, I've helped her with it, but she leads it. I just want to be clear. Um, I just do what she tells me. Like mint, cilantro, arugula, cabbage, tomatoes. We're growing some sunflowers for my mom in memory of her because that was her favorite flower. And a few other things like building garden boxes, all that. So I just haven't really felt the energy that I wanted in my apartment, you know what I mean? And still was kind of trying to make it the way that I really want it. My apartment in Fort Lauderdale was like fantastic. I had everything perfect the way I wanted. Just was a great environment for creative thinking. So we went and got three plants. I planned on getting two and then Kylie wanted to buy one of them. So I went and got another one and we turned one of those plants. It was so big. It's called a rubber plant. We were able to, because it had two stems, we just broke it up into two separate pots so now I basically, on top of a couple other ones, like some small aloe plants. And so basically I came back with like six plants from my apartment. And bro, I think the thing about these plants is number one, all the house plants I have are like easy to care for. They don't require like sunlight really. You can put them in the sun. Obviously it helps bring them back to life. But dude, just having the life in my apartment and that energy and that greenery just makes me feel a little bit better when I see it. it makes me a little more upbeat and it gives me something to like look after every day. Also, I check in on them, you know, make sure they're doing good. We got any dead leaves going on over here. So yeah, really excited to have those and made instantly changed my whole apartment, my energy changed. So I got a little, I'll, I'll have to send you a picture, but I, I got this new thing for my Jordan because I like to display all my Jordan ones. And I got plants like hanging down off the side. I'm like, look, it's, it's perfect, baby. Do you name your plants? They have like names. Yeah, I haven't named these ones yet, but um, I had a bamboo plant and I named it uh, uh, the great. Uh, what did I call that one? I call that one the great Bambino, even though it's, you know, because, you know, it's bamboo. Yeah. You, know I mean? you get you you get the reference. Then another one. I named um, the artist formerly known as Plant, and he identified as a coffee table. He was gender fluid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you like that one, don't you? <laughs> the artist formerly known as Plant. And I hadn't named any of the other ones, but I got to name these ones now because you got to talk to them. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you know, 
check in on them, see how they're doing. They need love too. You know what I mean? We don't have a great reputation of plant life here at the Rogo house. Um, my mom actually was also very good at it. My grandmother also very good at it. They grew, you ever heard of rhubarb? You ever had rhubarb before? Like rhubarb pie or rhubarb jam? Yeah. Yeah. So in South Dakota, they grew rhubarb growing up. So we always okay. had that. And then my mom, they bought a new house a couple of years back and it's got like a full uh, multi-row like garden. So she's got. Okay, she's doing peppers, nah, she's not tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. They got the watering, the automated watering system. They got the whole nine yards. We might need so. to slide out there. I, I'm, you know I'm I, need, I need to see this. <laughs> hey, Miss Shannon, don't be playing around with those plants now. Come on. Like Speaking one. of my mom, while she was here, while I was on maternity leave and, and Quentin was here, she helped me out because when we bought this house, they did some just generic landscaping out front. And so we had some. Uh, mulch and sod laid down and then there was multiple plants well over the last couple years they had died we had a water leak and so it drowned some of them so we had to just kind of re refurbish what was there and so we brought bought a couple new plants took out some dead ones she clipped clipped around like as you were mentioning cleaned them up a little bit and so it'll be my job to take care of them but that's also on automated water system so i have to touch it but one thing i am excited about is one of them is a blueberry tree so my daughters are super excited about the blueberries. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think the key is with these house plants, like the ones I have, literally, they do not require any sun. They none of these require sun. They can just thrive. Now, if they start struggling because plants are temperamental, for instance, the reason so. The original pothos, which is like the long one that hangs down, it looks like vines pretty much. That one I had, it started about being this long. And by the end of, like when I left Fort Lauderdale, it was like. For those listening, it went from so, like a foot to like five feet. Yeah, it, it, it like, it was higher than me. It was at maybe nine feet. Now it was touching the ground so much that I had to pull the vines and wrap them around to other stuff. So it was like, at that point, basically what you do is you can propagate them. So you can like cut them off, put them in soil, and then they'll start to, to grow that way. But an interesting thing I learned, and which is why people struggle with this a little bit, that plant was in an area where the AC was just blowing on it nonstop, where, you know, where it was hanging. Once it got into a different environment, it did not respond the same. It like completely shut down. The leaves started dying and Though it was getting plenty of water and all that, it just, it's crazy. Plants are temperamental like that. But I do like those two. If I was going to recommend to you, it's those two. The snake plant, which is the one from the ground, I'll send you. It's that one that looked like kind of prickly. It was two of them. And then the pothos, which is kind of viney. Those ones, super simple. Water once every three weeks, you're good to go. My mom also had this app on her phone where she could just, Yes. Like pointed at the plant or pointed at grass and it would like say exactly How what cool it was. Is that? that was so cool. And even talked yeah, about like the yeah. climate and like watering and sun and yeah. all the details around them. I thought that was super cool. I, I'm not a super big plant guy, but that. it was pretty dope. I have a I'll have to share that. that out, like, ones I don't know the names of. I just got them because they looked really good. And then I took the little stick out. So I forgot what they are. I'm like, oh shit. I don't know when I should water these. So the Arkansas grass out here is different. So it's it's mm. kind of like a crab grass. And then there's buffalo. Like it's like this weird hybrid mix of all these different grasses. And so it's, sometimes it looks very unmatched in your yard. And so she would like take her uh. phone and point it at like a specific spot of grass. to say what kind of grass that was. And then it was like point at another spot. And it said that kind. So then I was able to pick the right fertilizers and stuff like that. And I was able to be like, oh, nope, that's actually a weed. We need to pull that or we need to spray that or whatever. So. Pretty dope, but I'm I'm honestly yeah, just wow. the aesthetics guy. I'm not big into the whole like plant gives me life, but I do like you know my stuff to look nice. And so even in here, yeah. my little office here at home, I got a couple fake plants. We're not we, we haven't moved yeah. up to the real plants yet, but gotcha, just a little gotcha, bit of greenery gotcha. kind of provides a little atmosphere, as you were mentioning. And uh, yeah, Sometimes it's definitely an aesthetics yeah. play for me. So, any final thoughts on uh, what plants to do for your well being, my man, hippie Marcus today? Yeah, full, like full hip. You know what? I think it's just, you know, it's like you said, the aesthetic, seeing the green. I think it's seeing the life, you know, um, even if it's not a real plant, it just has that feel of something that's alive and in your presence and like that's constantly growing, changing and evolving. Um, 
But yeah, you know, move up to the snake plant, pothos, get, get, you know, get the party started, become a plant dad. You're already a real dad. You know what I mean? It might just be time. Exactly, bro. I'm going to tell you this. Kids don't need water one time every three weeks. I can promise you that, bro. <laughs> I, only got, I only got so much I can provide to the world. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the test. That's all I got, bro. That's all I got. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we want to talk about fitness. So we have our eight pillars, as you guys know. The very last one was fitness. And as we were kind of looking over the hot start we've gotten on this show, we decided that one of the topics that we haven't covered yet is fitness. So here we are. We're going to do a little bit of it. And we're going to talk a little bit about specifically midlife fitness. And so we were both previous athletes in our day, but this topic essentially is going to wrap more around our current state of life. Me with now three kids, you with your job and your responsibilities and kind of how we fit all that in. So this is your area, bro. And I love feeding off this conversation with you. So to get it started, I would be curious what your key reasons are um, as to why it is important to prioritize fitness and health um, here in our mid to late thirties, early forties for you. Why is it important to do that? Yeah. So we, we got a few, a few areas, you know, of course. And I think the one that I want to address first is the aesthetic side. Um, and honestly to remove some of the stigmas around it, I, there can be a bad relationship that you build with fitness when it's purely around, especially people who struggle to see those visual results. You're going to the gym, you're eating better, you're doing all those things, but you know, maybe something's off or, you know, this is why we do get blood labs and B, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later too, but I, I think there can be a bad relationship with fitness when it's purely about seeing this big uh, visual change. That visual change is going to come over time and consistency, consistent commitment to a process and a, as well as you've got to have a plan that you're following in order and executing that with, with precision, right? And when I say precision, it means just hitting the pillars of it. You don't have to do every single thing. You know, like most competitive bodybuilders will literally tell you, like, they don't, most people I know that go into prep that look insane, they're like, yeah, I skip all that ab stuff. Because your abs actually are, you know, everyone has them. They're there underlying. Um, but I think that that's the first thing that people go to. And when they don't get that result, they kind of act like, or maybe they'll be, maybe not act like, I don't want to say that. They'll develop this thing of, well, I don't really care about that, which I think can be good and, and can be bad. And I'll come back to that other side of it here in a second. It's the health, though, is, is the most important, the most important thing. You know, we hear it all the time. You know, it's, it's, yeah, oh, it's so expensive to eat healthy and buy organic and this and that. And then, you know, we say, you know, it's, it's more expensive to, you know, either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later and you're going to pay a lot more when you have to go to the hospital and you've got all these things, heart disease, you know, lung issues, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, all of these things, which can all be fixed almost with the same, you know, type of thing. I don't want to say all of them, but a lot of these can be drastically reduced and we've seen it personally with people with diabetes and high blood pressure and, you know, all that stuff. For me, it's, I think the biggest thing is just the mind and it's in a few ways, knowing that I'm doing the right things for the latter phases of my life to set me up to be vibrant. And, you know, I'm 39, so I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be 40 later, later this year, you know, and I sent you some videos of my training and um, I'm just happy to be moving with quality and learning how to reduce pain and, you know, all those issues and little nagging injuries. But like, man, I just want to feel good. I want to wake up and feel stellar. You know, I want to wake up and not have aches and pains all the time, you know? So that's what I'm trying to constantly learn. And, and, you know, for, honestly, for a lot of my twenties and thirties, I, I dealt with the opposite because I, I, because I could do so much, I did so much. The volume was so high. The training was so six days a week, twice a day, three days a week, you know, all that stuff, you know, not sleep, not prioritizing my sleep. Like I should have been doing mobility and stuff, but really only to get prepared for training. You know what I'm saying? Um, and not for, you know, the everyday life side of it. Um, I do think that there is a visual side and aesthetic side to it. And for me, 
personally, outside of some of the stuff that we're going to talk about, always wanting to be physically and mentally prepared for any situation that comes my way to protect myself for those around me. I do think that it's my responsibility as a man to reflect out. And I go through phases where I don't, but I always have it like top of mind. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to being the best version of myself, I mean, being able to project a vision of health and fitness and wellness to my family, you know, to my kids. And again, knowing that we'll go through phases that are kind of up and down with that. Um, But I'll always go back to the Spartans, you know, in that I don't think that you should make fun of anybody or that you should, you know, um, bully anybody because of how they look. But the Spartans were very critical of each other because if you were not practicing your wrestling, if you were not exercising, if you were not training and doing the things that we needed you to do as a Spartan soldier to protect Sparta, you were putting us at risk because when you were met with that challenge, could I count on you to hold the line and hold that shield and not allow there to be any chinks in the armor so 300 could take on 3,000. I always think about when people say something to me about, man, compliment about the way I look or whatever, maybe at my age with my kids. Oh, man, I wish I had that lifestyle. Blah, blah, blah. I wish I could do that. You're lucky. What, Genetics. What the, what they under, What they don't understand is like, We've been doing this like I've been putting time and energy in the gym for not years, decades, literally decades, decades of working out. So when did you start? You're right. Weights? You're not going to look like me. I would say truthfully, probably when I was 18, when I got to college and I had to go to weights, I wouldn't say my high school mm-hmm. program wasn't big on weights. I guess I went, but I didn't really like dive into it until probably my mm-hmm. freshman year of college. Um, but as far as like training, never training, stopped. You know, that came a little bit, more. but I've never stopped since I was 18 and started playing ball. So I think that that's always just something that's funny to me where it's like these people that strive for the aesthetics, you know, I, I have some people in my life right now that are, that's all they care about is what they look like and what they feel like. And what they fail to understand is the amount of time that me, you, my wife, especially like the time and effort we have all put into our bodies. Mm. And the amount of hours that we have spent doing this, it's not like we did a 30 day cleanse. We didn't even do a six month challenge. Like this is decades of building and and training our bodies to adapt to, you know, different food, different training programs, different things like that. And so that part always kind of cracks me up a little bit when people talk about either the way I look or things like that. It's like, yeah, you got a long road ahead of you. It ain't going to be 30 days. It ain't going to be six months. It ain't going to be, a year, maybe it's, it's really a long haul as far as what, what I've built. And I think that's what frustrates me. Cause it almost discredits all the work that we've done to get to this point. You know, I have people in my life that I don't know what their deal is, but for whatever reason, they, they feel a spite towards me because of it. But it's like, I did the work to get here, you know, and I, and I've taken the time and effort to make sure that it's a priority for me. And you were talking about leading the family as an example. That's why I love my family so much. My kids will grow up in the gym. We go to the gym as a family on Saturdays. That's what we do. Yeah, the kids go to Kids Center and they just hang out, but they just know that that's part of what mom and dad do. They go to the gym, they go work out. And so I think sending that example, bro, is huge, you know, moving forward with your family. And mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's that's really cool. One thing I did want to talk about too, though, is finding activities or exercise routines that we genuinely enjoy. I think that's where people get lost in it sometimes, especially people in their mid thirties or around our age where it's like, they don't want to go to the gym. They don't like working out. And so it's like, it's a different mindset when you find stuff that you love to do, whether it's running, whether it is lifting weights, like for me and you, it is, I enjoy lifting weights. It is fun for me. It is not fun for me to do cardio, but I need to do cardio to reach my goals. You just said it. So how do I do that? So how do I do that? Well, I find something that I enjoy that can meet that need, which is cardio. So I found basketball. So guess who's up at 5 a.m., three days a week playing basketball because I don't want to go run on a treadmill. I don't want to do a Stairmaster for 30 minutes. I don't want to do none of that. But I'll go hoop for two hours. I'll go hoop for an hour and run and get 10,000 steps in that way. So 
what do you think the importance is in finding something that you genuinely enjoy and wrapping that into your daily fitness routine? I believe that it's the difference between you being able to have this longevity that you spoke about and being able to uphold that for a long period of time, even when you don't feel good, when everything's against you, it's everything. Like B said, I just remember I hated running on a treadmill and I'd rather go run a trail. Let me get outside. And even while I'm doing that, I really don't want to do it. I'm just doing it because I know I have to be in shape. And I'm also trying to like callous my mind to this thing that I don't like doing while I'm doing it. I'm actually one reason that I like to run. I like to trail run. I don't like to run in the city. I don't, I just, I like to trail run. I haven't been able to run like that in years due to the injury, but I like to run trails because it was up. It was down. It was branches in the way I had to duck. I could jump over stuff. I'm like on ravines. It's kind of, and I was equating that to playing my sport, you know, and while I'm running, I'm imagining what that type of stride or movement is for me connected to my sport to make it more fun and almost like interactive for myself. Now, when I wanted to set a standard for myself, I remember, uh, like I'll, I'll try to explain to people like elite athletes, right? I tore my growing up one season in South America and I was back rehabbing, like, you know, just helping out at the local high school and stuff. And my test, my test for being healthy enough to go back and play ball was a five minute and 30 second mile on a treadmill. So I could not slow down. You know what I mean? That was my, that's like walking in the gym, like, boom, let's go. Five minute and 30, that was my test to know if my body was ready to go and perform at that level. Then I'm going to go train, try to hurt myself and then run another mile afterwards. And let's see if I can maintain a 545 or a six minute pace. You know what I'm saying? Being fatigued. So, you know, it's really about finding things that you can kind of gamify it. You know, I no longer, like, I hate being on trails. I hate being on, I don't want to do that. I'm going to, I just recently found walking actually, bro. Like in the last two years, I never was a walker. And then I realized like how fun it is and how, how much it really, you really can manipulate. And it's easy to do low impact, but yeah, man, that's also how I found boxing. Give me something that'll give me the cardio, develop a new skill, challenge me, be a novice in basketball something fun. I know I can do it. I can do it, you know, all the time. I can control the volume, same type of thing. I can play up here or I can play here or I can just kind of move around a little bit. So yeah, I mean, it's, you got to find something that you can continue doing and won't, though it's not easy. It will, it won't feel like, I don't know. It won't feel like that task. Gosh, I got to go do this. I'm like, yes, man, I'm going to go hoop or yet. Like, that's why I haven't played ball as much because I just kind of want to play real loosely. I don't want to play in these leagues. You know what I mean? And that's all that I've been in. I had to have had time for is like these leagues, you know, and boxing. I'm like, yes, I'm going to boxing today. I put it in my calendar. I plan it out. I get there. I'm not the best, but you know, when I leave, I feel like I worked. Right. And that's, what's funny with me and my morning hoop sessions. Like last night we, we touched on it, but Celtics had a, had a rough loss, but it's like I could bring my own redemption story the next morning, right? You know, I was teasing you. I, I brought my Jimmy Butler mode today or where, right? you know, <clears throat> my feelings were a little hurt. And so I was able to uh, get some of that frustration out, out playing ball this morning. And so I'm with you, man. And here's the thing. You know, me and my sister were talking about this recently. Like that 5 a.m. alarm sucks regardless. It always sucks. But when it's something you actually want to go do. It sucks just a little bit less where, you know, I really like to go hoop. And so when that alarm goes off, yes, it's still like, dang it. It is so early. But then there's that part of me that's like, Ooh, but I get to go hoop. All right, let's go. Let's go strap up. Let's go. Let's go get the shorts on. Let's get the sneakers ready. Let's go. And so I think finding something that you truthfully enjoy is, is the catch all for for any kind of long-term fitness. Because when you start doing something that you don't like to do, over and over and over, it's going to run its course and you won't do it for the long term. Where if you enjoy hikes, 
if you enjoy bike rides, things like that, like then just make that an active just part, it. make it a priority of your week where you go do it. And you touched on walks. Always cracks me up with parents and how they're like, I don't have time because especially babies and smaller kids, like my kids are both all under three years old, bro, put them kids in a stroller and just walk. They love it. They look around. We have some cows that are, you know, less than a half mile away from us. So we go walk and we see the cows. We go by this little pond and the kids love it. They just sit there and kick it. And I walk, push the little stroller. It doesn't take a lot of effort. But like you said, it's an easy way to get some fresh air, clear my mind. And uh, I'm with you. Walks are, are underrated, very underrated um, when it comes to like daily activity and stuff like that. So when I think about somebody that's struggling um, at this stage of life in, in their fitness routine, Marcus, what are a couple of things that come to mind for you that you would suggest to that person that's struggling you know, maybe they used to be fit. Maybe they've never been fit um, and they're trying to make a lifestyle change. What are some things that you would potentially tell them to get on the bandwagon and, and get this thing started? So the first thing, the first thing I would say is uh, don't be too hard on yourself. Because I find so many people that most of what they're dealing with is them seeing the scale fluctuate and not knowing that one, that's normal. And two, there are so many contributing factors, like so many going to the bathroom how before you weigh yourself. You that day. Yeah. 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 How much, for instance, like uh, today knew I was going to weigh a little bit more because I had a killer leg session yesterday with Kylie. I'm going to retain a little bit more water because my legs are smacked. The time of day that you weigh yourself. If I weigh myself in the middle of the day or after eating or later in the day that it's not a real reading unless it's immediately in the morning upon waking after going to the bathroom. That, that is, let me, let me be very clear when I say this, when I see you guys at the gym doing a workout, going to the sauna, weighing yourself and then really, and I mean, this is for like, it's a cool reference. You know what I mean? Just to, just to have data over time, but like, oh man, I can't get this. Like, bro, what are you doing? It's four o'clock. You've been sweating, drinking water, eating, You've been having coffee. Then you trained, you know, got in a sauna and now you're trying to weigh yourself and see what's what, like, what are we doing? I wear the exact same two, two things when I weigh myself, my whoop strap and my Apple watch. I always have those on when I weigh myself. So I have the same variancy. I never will see like a point this difference. Cause if you see the scale drop 0.3 or 0.1, it's still a change. You know what I mean? So seeing it go up is like probably three times as demoralizing. You know what I mean? So I would say that first. Then I would say, you know, you got to have a vision of what you want. So really spend some time with it. Like maybe it's not the under 10% body fat and six pack abs and striations. Maybe it's just consistency and feeling better in your clothes. There were a lot of my clothes I couldn't really fit. Like I didn't feel fat at all, you know, but I just couldn't really, so I didn't like those clothes anymore, but I liked how I felt, but certain things, I just didn't like how it fit me. Cause there was a time when I was the same weight and I was fat, you know, like after I had my knee surgeries and stuff and I wasn't exercising, but still eating cause I love food. Um, <laughs> like I was, I needed to lose some weight. Um, so have that vision, you know, and you can take incremental steps this year. I want to set this, these six months. I want to set the habits the next six months. I want to keep those same habits and I want to increase my intensity as well as see my body composition improve, you know, stuff like that. Then you got a plan. So look, you got to follow something and you got to track something. I have training logs that go back to maybe 2011 that tracks my training and what I've done, I have like 10 different journals, you know what I'm saying? And I can go back to it. There was a specific time. I remember when I could close grip bench press 335 for a three second pause. So I'll go back to that training and I'll, I'll be like, what year was that? And I'll look at what my programming was. Then I'll look at, I always leave notes for myself. Like if I have a shitty day, bro, I'm like bad day. And then I go back over the last 24 hours didn't drink my water, only slept six hours, dealing with stress at work, all that stuff. And when I have good days, I'm like, great day. 
been getting my water, been eating six meals, calories are this much, uh, mental's doing really good. And I'll find those correlations, but you need to have a plan. You got to follow something and you got to track something. Um, I always say seek out mentorship, like for your friends and family, like our friends and family, it's crazy because they have a major asset, major, like all you got to do is ask me, I'll tell you what to do. The problem be, and, and I'd love your insight on this, um, because there's one more and I'll say it after this, but I feel like everybody wants to make an excuse. You know what I mean? When all they have to do is ask you for the insight and then follow through. Like, you know, do you, do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah. To piggyback off what you said for me, when I look at these people is I always think about, are they setting realist, realistic goals? Because a lot of these people, they want the change. They're potentially willing to make the adjustments to make the change, but the, but the adjustments they're making are not realistic. And so they're laying out a game plan that's not going to last. And mm-hmm. so as an example, 75 hard, right? That's, that's a big popular one. right? A now. lot Everybody of people love 75, 75 hard. hard. Yep. It's, it's popular. <laughs> the problem with 75 hard is what happens after 75 days? Is it something that you can sustain? We just talked about it. We're, we're taking decade, decades working on our bodies. If I do 75 days of something with all these parameters and all of these things where it's, I think it's very unrealistic in a lot of the different ways, I'm going to set myself up for failure. And so as you were touching on, I think that people get wrapped up in the excuses because the original game plan that they laid out wasn't realistic. And so then as it's starting to come to fruition where it's not actually happening, then it has to be met with something else, which then is the excuse as to why it's not happening. Where if you set out a realistic goal, hey, all right, for the next four weeks, I'm going to work out two times a week. I don't know when those days are going to be, but I'm going to find two times a week for the next four weeks to go get some kind of activity in. You do that for four weeks. All right, that's realistic. Let's bump it up to three. Cool. Now it's three times a week for the next four weeks. Can I do that? Is that sustainable? I think when you dive in and you say, I'm going to work out five days a week and I'm going to do these programs, I'm going to do two days on these days. It's not sustainable because you're going from zero to a hundred. So you don't even know where you would fall in that category as far as like your sustainability and your ability to actually be able to do that. Because then what ultimately happens is life. There's family, especially as we're talking about with mid thirties people, they have jobs, they have families, they have other obligations that they're obliged to. And then the excuses have to follow because that, that game plan that they laid out aren't realistic. We talked about it on a previous show. You talked about, we talked about the baby coming and how that was going to change. It ain't going to change nothing, bro. Because the game plan I laid out is going to work whether I have one kid, two kid, three kid. It didn't matter. That wasn't going to change because it's a realistic goal for me. Now, if I told you I'm going to be doing two days, five days a week, that wouldn't have been realistic because the baby's going to have something or my kids are going to get sick or I'm going to get sick. Like it wouldn't have been realistic where if I say to myself, all right, I'm going to sweat three times a week and I'm going to lift three times a week. That's been something that I've been able to sustain for a very long period of time. When I say very long. I'm talking, I've been doing that for over a year, if not years at this point. And so I think that's where people get caught up, Marcus, with their excuses is they don't actually set the realistic expectations from the get-go. And so since those expectations aren't eventually met, they're met with excuses instead. That's a good point. And I, and I also think that those of us that have friends that get into the bodybuilding community and like do a show or a few shows, I think that can be, that can skew people's thoughts of what's possible. And though bodybuilding is meant to do the opposite, I think that it sets this unattainable outcome because that is a 16, 20, 24 week plan that's laid out by a really, really qualified and smart person. Number one, the sole goal of what this person that does that, that goes from being overweight or looking kind of skinny fat to looking very lean and where you can see striations, you can see muscle patterns, all that stuff. That's not sustainable, number one. And they have no life. They don't go out. They are focused on sleep. They're not drinking alcohol. They're not having sugary foods. 
they are very dialed in for a short period of time. And the people that choose to uphold bodybuilding over a long time, I think people are getting better at it now, but it's a, it's a place that is very desolate and it's, it's a, a lot of bodybuilders have, you know, body dysmorphia, like just like a lot of people and just feel very alone because it's the sport. It's a sport that basically puts you in seclusion in order to, to get to that place. But I, I agree with everything that, that, you know, that you said. And again, I'll just go back to the consistency, you know, cause even me, you know, we were talking about, you know, how I can, when I dial in, I can drop 12 pounds like, like that, but I'm, I'm also a, a bigger guy and I will sometimes put on size because it just makes it easier to push heavier weight, period. Look at powerlifters. Those guys drop some of that. They change their body composition. I mean, look at the mountain from Game of Thrones. I mean, he cut down. Look how he looks and still stronger than most people. But um, yeah, I think it can just be a, a very weird place for people and setting those goals, you know, and thinking that they can get the same results as somebody else is where people go wrong. You are unique. You need to take a very incremental process. You know, B said he's been lifting since, you know, since he was 18. I think I started lifting weights when I was like 13, didn't really know what I was doing. And like when, by the time I was 14, I was just lifting consistently. And I remember being a freshman in high school and I'm getting up to lift at five 30 in the morning before school. And then I'm walking to school just because I'm terrified that if I don't put the work in the result that I'm looking for on the field in the court, wasn't going to come. So I just committed then to just putting in the work and we have low, we have periods where we can't train or, you know, life gets in a way. So we're not training the same, but yeah, people see me and they're like, Oh man, you know, you're this, or they see you and they're like, man, you just got, and you're like, bro, this shit did not happen overnight. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to tie these next two points together because I think these have been big things for me as well. The first one I want to touch on is the community aspect. So we talk about finding a community that's going to help you reach your goals. Now, for me, I found something I enjoy doing, which is playing hoops in the morning. My community is those guys. I'm accountable to those guys. We have a little group text thing that we all check in as far as who's showing up the next day. So I'm accountable. I'm saying, yep, I'll be there in the morning. So I hold myself accountable to that. Mm -hmm. And then I also enjoy seeing these guys. We talk about the game that happened the night before. We talk a little trash about the game that's about to happen. We check in on each other's families, each other's wives, kids, things like that. And so I think the community aspect is another thing that people overlook. They think they can do it by themselves. Well, I have a garage gym. I have a treadmill at my house. I have whatever. It's a very, 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 very small amount of people that can do this by themselves every day. And I think the ability to have and to find a community that can keep you accountable to showing up is huge. I mean, we saw it in the CrossFit space. It was everything. That, that whole, the, whole, the reason CrossFit works that. is because of the community. And so what do you want to touch on as far as the community aspect and you know, keeping your physical activity high? So I'll, you know, B talked about kind of, you know, in more of the, the group circles, you know, like, you know, going to boxing, going to play with the guys in the morning, stuff like that. I'll take it a step further. Anytime that any of my friends or I just see people online, even that I don't know, get a win, I big them up. Like I see somebody walking outside that's, you know, overweight, trying to get in shape. I honk my horn. I stop my car and I say, Hey, I see you. I see you. you know, big I, dog. See you. I see you <laughs> when you send, you know what I'm saying? In the group chat, you know, something of you getting a small win, but it's big to you. It's big to us. You know, I sent you my squat, you know what I mean? And you're like, dang, like, first off, that's really good form. That meant a lot to me. And my first, <laughs> my first coach that ever did my programming said, told me that my form was pretty solid. And <laughs> you do get that support in that win. You know what I mean? I don't share it to coax my ego, you know, because I don't need to do that, but it's great to have that support from someone who says, man, you're doing, there was a trainer at the gym, prime, prime example, never really talked to this kid ever. He's a young trainer. Well, now he's at the gym and he's got a lifetime fitness shirt 
but he ain't got no sleeves on. He's about five, ten, six foot. You know what I'm saying? He ain't got no sleeves on. And I was like, that's awkward. They, they don't normally do that. So I glance down to the sleeve and I'm like, oh, okay. He looks a little, uh, I haven't seen him in about a month. So I said to him while he's training, I said, hey, bro, you put on some size? And he was, you know, hey, he was just like, hey, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, and I was like, "Hey, I know, I see you. You know what I'm saying? I see you. I see you. You know what I'm saying? What you doing? You in a you in a surplus or it's just a lifting?" He's like, "Yeah, you know what? That's the hardest part." And you know, and I just wanted him to know, like, and you know, I'm a big guy, and everybody sees how I train. So you know, when somebody that is maybe bigger or you see pushing more weights than you makes a reference, I know what that can do. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's the spark that you need. You know what I mean? And uh, something else that you mentioned too about the gym, I noticed this a lot at Lifetime Fitness. Cause I go there now, bro. Everybody talks to everybody at this gym that I go to and I'll see people. I don't know their name, but every time I see them, they're like, Hey, what's up? So what you training today? You know what I mean? Hey, what type of leg sleeves are those? You know what I mean? And that's kind of that same thing there that you were talking about with like group community. But, um, yeah, you know, I see you looking good. I see you putting in the work. You know, that's why I try to tell you on social media, Hey man, I'm proud of you, bro. You know, cause people, People put into work and sometimes you don't see the results for, for a very long time. I've been trying to get abs again, bro. I've been trying, you got, y'all want to hear this? I've been trying to get abs again since I went down with the blood clots in 2013. That's the last time I had, and I mean, I had like striations in my abs, like veins everywhere, <laughs> like no flex or anything. And that journey has taken me finding myself, readjusting my training, going through different phases of just wanting to get strong and get big and being a little softer, but being powerful and now kind of refining my body back down over the last few years to get to where I'm getting back to that level. And it's like, it takes time, man. It takes time. Another point in the community aspect is your significant other. And I don't want to spend too long on this because we could save that for another one, but Nicole, bless her soul, man. She, she, is the most dedicated person that I've ever met when it comes to this lifestyle. But she has never once judged me, condemned me, said anything other than supportive when it comes to my lifestyle choices. There was when we first started dating, we were super heavy in the CrossFit. We were both doing two days all the time, blah, 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 blah. Life's different now. And the only thing I want to say about that specific side of it, and I'll let you make your quick point as well. Just support that person and try and find what they're looking for and help them find it. Nicole knows how much basketball in the last couple of years has changed my life, how it's kept me active, how it's made me competitive. The first thing she did when she found out we were moving to Arkansas, she started calling all the local YMCA's, all the local gyms. Hey, do you guys have morning runs for, for, for guys? Do you guys have a gym? Like whatever Britain, whatever gym we're joining, they got to have morning runs so you can go hoop. I told you about when my son was born. My wife first thing she said, hey, you still got to go hoop. Tell the guys you'll still be there. Plan on hooping. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. I don't need you at that time. That's your time. You go. So I think I've seen it both ways where the significant other is potentially trashing the other person or talking down on them. Man, you used to look good. Yeah, you used to care about the gym. Nicole, I love you. You've never done that. She's always just said, you know, whatever she can do to help whether that's helped me with my macros, helped me find a gym community. Like I told her when we moved out here, I was like, yo, I'm not doing CrossFit anymore. She was cool. What do you want to do? I want to hoop and I want to lift. All right, cool. Let's find a gym. We did. So it's like helping that person find where they're going, not trying to direct them where you want them to go. That's what I'll say about that. So anything you want to mention as far as a significant other that I didn't? Yeah. I mean, I think you just explained the best type of partner who is one that is supportive and not destructive. And first off, like words matter. Like you got to be very careful with the words yep. that you use with your partner. And I, you know, I can say the same thing about like Kylie. Like one of my favorite things is we haven't been able to for like a couple months really, but uh, we go and we train legs on Saturdays. And normally it's like a hamstring, like glute focus because that's like her favorite workout to do on Saturdays. And, um, but yeah, like never judgmental. If I ever, if I if I say that I'm going to train or I'm going to do yoga or I'm just going to go to the gym 
to get in a hot hot tub, take a shower and shave my face at the gym. She's not going to ask me any questions because that is a place for me. Where are you? Are you are you still at the gym? Yeah, yeah. After I got done, I decided to do a yoga class, and now I'm just working up here. I'm just I, I brought my laptop, and okay, talk to you later. Like that's it because she understands what being in that environment means, especially you know when you're guys like you and me, you know, and and Nicole as well, who were either large figures in managing a gym, or did both the coaching and managing, you know, owning of a gym. It's like being at a gym sometimes can just feel so, cause you're used to just being there all day or being there for most of your day doing regular stuff. So I agree with you, man. That's a very, very good, good point. And, you know, as I've gone through my different phases, I've had that same support with Kylie. So it just makes it that much, you know, and then they're all, and then also like, like that fan that's giving you that credit and telling you, Oh, you're looking a little, you know, one time she told me, uh, one time I had my shirt off and she goes, okay, turtle back. And I was like, what? I never heard that. She goes, she's like, you got that like <laughs> turtle shell going on. Your back is getting, I was like, well, call me Michelangelo, you know? <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, bro, it goes a long ways. And the, I do want to say one more thing. Like it's way easier for me to say to my wife, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. than it is like, Hey, I'm going to go drinking with a buddy or I'm going to go play golf or yeah. do something like that. Like when I'm actually doing something that is pouring into the longevity of my life and my lifestyle, my wife never bats an eye. But if I start yeah. you know, saying, I want to go drinking with the boys, a happy hour, she going to be like, Oh, you just go leave me with these kids. But if I say, Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. I need to go work out. Go. I'll see you in an hour. Go, go get it done. Can I ask you a question on that happy hour? Yeah. I have this like, I have this like regurgitating reaction to happy hour. Whenever people are like, Oh, Hey, yeah. You know, I was like, Hey, you know, we should, we should catch up sometime. Like, yeah. Like, like Oh yeah. We'll catch a happy hour. I'm like, ah, like I don't want to go somewhere and just be around people who are drinking and trying to escape their lives. Listen, if you are someone who goes to happy hour and this does not pertain to you, then there's no need for you to be offended. Some of you are going to hear this and it does pertain to you because you are trying to do that and you might be a little offended. I hope that you continue to listen and that you hear this next part is that I've been in that place where you're trying to drown everything out, you know, and you're, and it's, I'm in the music's on and the conversation's good and I'm catching up with a buddy and it's two for ones. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm eight, you know what I'm saying? I'm eight beers down and I still got to work tomorrow on Friday. You know what I mean? And I'm, I just, it repulses like, yo, bro, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a ruck. Let's go for a bike. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's catch up and grab some coffee. Let's, let's grab some smoothies. You know what I'm saying? But like, when you just hear like, are you still in that place where, you know, you go to happy hours and seek them out? Cause a lot of people do. And again, no judgment, but I just don't, that shit is not conducive to what I want, you know? I'm going to give you my answer right after this break. Ready to take your brand to new heights? Discover my company, Conquer Marketing. My team and I are the experts in building community, authority, and driving growth in sales. We specialize in social media, content marketing, online advertising, and optimizing your business operations. Picture this. A free consultation with us where you'll walk away with three, at a minimum, actionable steps to transform your business today. Imagine the impact that those steps could have. More leads, increased conversions, and unrivaled growth. Learn more at www.conquerthenow.com. That's C-O-N-Q-U-R, thenow.com. And seize the opportunity to conquer your marketing goals. Conquer Marketing. Your path to authority, community, and unparalleled success. All right. You asked me about happy hour. Here's my thoughts around happy hour. The way we do happy hour, me and my wife do go to a happy hour once a week, usually. And I'm going to tell you, this is how, why, all that stuff. We usually do it on Friday, end of the week. End of the week. Okay. It gives us an opportunity to, we head out usually around 3, 3.30. My girls are in school. 
till about four, four thirty. So we get about, we usually try to take about an hour where we go somewhere that doing some happy hour apps, as you mentioned, maybe a cheap drink or two, whatever. But as adults with kids, it's our time to finally just sit and look at each other with no other distractions. Just so happens there's a cocktail there sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to you know start the weekend off depending on what we have going on. But the days of like going and turning up with the boys, that's happy what hour, I mean. Those days are gone. Yeah. I know. I know. And so for me, I love that environment, bro. I do. I like, I like having a nice cold beer or a mixed drink, you know, towards the middle, middle slash end of the day. Um, it, it's, it's a way for me to kick back and relax, but I'm with you. It can't turn into like yeah. two, three, four, five, six. And that's what's cool about our little happy hour that we do on usually on Fridays is it's, uh, an opportunity for us to sit there as adults. Sometimes we talk about fun stuff. Sometimes we talk about hard stuff, but yeah. it's a relaxed environment, some cheap drinks. And, and usually it's, you know, some kind of social environment. And the good thing about most happy hours where we go is they're pretty low key. So it's not like people mm. are taking shots and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. I think place and stuff like that, but those are my thoughts around happy hours. <laughs> you're not talking about escaping your life. It sounds like you're recharging and taking quality time with your significant other. And let's say it's not her, you know, maybe let's say, you know, right now because she's pregnant, she can't go. Let's say so she just says, oh yeah, you know, you should still go. I'm sure you're doing that with somebody who's of the same thought process and mindset as you. And again, it's not like you're going for like a gossip hour or to like escape, you know, I think that organizing things like that fits into a different category. And I'm not saying that because you're like, oh, well, I, I do it to a degree. What I'm talking about is people who are just, it's habitual. They search out happy hours. They, and when they go there, it's not just to have, you know, a candid conversation and, and maybe, you know, connect with somebody close to them. It's to escape like everyday life. That's when I like just cringe at it, you know? Yeah. I think I'm just in a different stage of life. I don't really even keep those kind of people around me to be honest. Cause they won't last very long. If you're trying to escape stuff, like you won't want to exactly. be around me. Cause I'm gonna bring all that shit right to the surface. So, uh, <laughs> this is the type of friend I am. Oh, you trying to hide something? Let's talk about it. What you got going on? Um, but it is, yeah, it's a good opportunity and, and I'll, I'll go get lunch with buddies sometimes. Um, and it's a good time to connect and I'll definitely, you know, have a, have a beer or a cocktail or whatever. And just kind of, depending on the cocktail, it might kind of fire me up, fire my creative juices up for the rest of the day and and might be able to get after a little bit more. So Hmm. Um, the next thing I want to talk about with our experiences inside the fitness space is not only how it affects us, you know, physically and aesthetically and things like that, but I do want to talk about the mental side of it. And I know me and you talk about this all the time. It's a huge part of our Mm -hmm. platforms and when I am at my lowest, it is when my workouts and my fitness and my health are at the lowest. And there's no denying that those two line up for a reason. And so I'd love to hear your personal story about how, you know, health and fitness has affected your mental health just as well as you touched on already your physical health. Yeah. Endorphins are, uh, are a crazy thing, you know, serotonin levels, you know, which, you know, if you don't know about serotonin, uh, the presence in the presence of serotonin, that is where the fight or flight exists. So serotonin is like, uh, have you ever had times where like your alarm goes off and, or your alarm doesn't go off and you wake up and you realize like you're about to be late or you're late. And somehow you can get all your stuff, get the kids, out the door in five, seven, 10 minutes where normally would take you an hour and everything goes okay. That's the presence of serotonin. So in the absence of serotonin, you're able to relax and at night fall asleep, right? So I noticed that when I exercise less, my serotonin levels are much more heightened and I struggle to fall asleep. Now, when I'm training consistently, even if it's just walking and doing some push-ups and sit-ups, it helps me to, for my body to say, yo, you need to shut down so we can sleep. The other thing we talked about, endorphins. It's the, feel, it's the body's natural feel-good chemical, right? Everybody always says there's no such thing as a bad workout, right? Why? Because once you get there and you get into it, no matter how much you didn't want to go, 
the endorphins start to go, right? And you always leave saying, I feel better. I'm glad that I did that. Well, you feel better because the endorphin release that's happened in your body. So I think it's so important to just prioritize and understand that when I do those things, I'm going to feel better generally, right? My joints are going to be more lubricated. I'm going to generally have more, like, I think something that's really cool. I can't remember who I was talking to. It might've been Kylie. It might've been someone else that was doing one of my programs, but we were just talking about the phenomenon of when you start lifting and doing things that you haven't been doing, like, and you just go to pick something up and you're like, you just feel how, how much stronger you are versus when you used to pick that up, it used to be kind of heavy, you know, and just how that feels because now your body feels ready to do that stuff. I think that is like the positive side of it. Just constantly having, you know, that fresh blood flow, having a little pump about you, your body just feeling a little bit harder. And mentally, I know that, man, I'm taking good care of myself and there can be a lot of things going bad in my life, bro. Financially, in relationships, I mean, with, you know, business, it can, health, it can be a lot of bad shit happening to you. But knowing that I love myself enough to put energy into taking care of myself, whether it's going to the park to do some calisthenics or waking up and doing my mobility in the morning or going to the gym to lift weights or just go for a walk. It does something for my soul because nobody's going to love you more than you will love yourself. You know, and a lot of times, bro, we just don't love ourselves. So shout out to Jeff Whitmer from Whitmer Rejuvenation Clinic. That's my guy. And we talk about uh, we talk <laughs> yes. about uh, how, you know, depression and testosterone levels coincide. And he always leans on the fact that, yes, you find a man that lifts weights that trains that sweats that feels good that looks good a little bit tighter in his skin a little more oomph about him you're you're gonna have a hard time finding him as depressed as potentially somebody that sits around soft doesn't touch weights doesn't act doesn't live an active lifestyle all that so some of y'all are hearing that and you're like that's that's mean to say i'm telling you what b is saying it is true we've lived both we live both sides of it. Be, I mean, you're right now going through a complete transformation in your body. You know, you and I both a year or two ago, year and a half ago, were very soft. Just going to call it what it is. We were soft. We got soft around the edges. For whatever reasons, it don't matter. But be, what B's talking about is real, man. It's so real. And you start having that inner talk about how you don't feel good. Nothing feels good. You don't look good in your clothes. That's all tied into that depression. And that's all tied into that stuff. So. I strongly suggest if you're fighting mental battles to start by getting active, that'd be the number one thing I would say. And number two, which I would kind of like to mm-hmm. use this as our final port, get your blood work done. I think you'd be shocked. Me and you are big believers in getting our blood work done. I'm actually getting my blood work done this week once again. And when you have a better understanding of your levels from a kinetic level, where your potassium levels are, where your sodium levels are, where your cholesterol levels are, where your, of course, where your testosterone levels are, where your estrogen levels are. Having an understanding about all of that stuff. Now, whatever route you end up taking to meet those needs is, we'll save that for a different episode. But getting your blood work done yeah, will. will tell you so much about yourself that you didn't know. And I know for me, it was hard for me to ever take that leap of getting my blood work done because I didn't want to know something was wrong with me. Did you have that same experience of like, if I go get my blood work done, what if they find cancer? What if they find, you know, some, I know you've had a ton of health issues. Like that had to be a worrisome with you where it's like, it's almost better if I don't know, but you and I can both attest. It's actually better if you do know. So, um, go ahead, man, you got the floor. Let's, let's wrap this up the right way. Man, you you said so many good things there. Man, you know, when I went on this when I went on this journey to go plant-based, I was after the first time that I had really gotten labs. And that was during my blood clots. 
and during the time I had my blood clots, again, I had the same, you know, I had a deep vein thrombosis. I had what ended Chris Bosch's career, turned to pulmonary embolism. Basically, I had two blockages. They were like, your labs are insane. You're like one of the, you're literally the healthiest person we've ever seen in here. That opened my eyes to like, dang, man, there can be so many things going on in the body that even blood labs can be fantastic and you're doing everything you can and things can still go wrong. So shit, I'm going to at least try to keep up that part so that way my levels and my labs and stuff are good. So that way if it's, I can at least control that stuff. That's intake. You know what I'm saying? That's output. When I recently, we and again, we will talk about this more here, but recently going for labs last year, um, shout out Javi at Rejuvalon Med Spa in Miami. Now I've been plant-based for what? Almost like eight years, nine, almost nine years at that point. And so now I had data. I'm excited now. And I had labs about two, about two years in. Same exact thing. They were like, man, your iron is so high. You must eat a ton of red meat. I'm like, girl, I ain't had red meat in three years. You know, so that was a first eye opener. And then I got it again recently, right? So your boy eating 50 grams of protein a day for the last six, seven years. A block of tofu a day on purpose. I ran this experiment, sometimes two. And they're like, yeah, estrogen levels look great. You know what I'm saying? Protein levels on the high end. And I'm like, bro, I get 50 grams of protein a day. And you're telling me my protein levels in my labs are on that, on that like spectrum. So it's teaching me, it's going to teach you either the things you're doing currently, what you need to change, what you need to maintain, or just make you aware of things that you didn't know that you didn't know. And I think that's the, bro, that's to me, I think I said this before, that's one of the scariest things in life, not knowing what you didn't know. You can't even make a correction. You have no opportunity. So yeah, it really helped me to understand what steps I needed to take next. You know what I'm saying? To start experimenting with what I want to do again in the last phases you know, in the next phases of my life, you know, especially now, you know, being around my midlife. So yeah, man, it's just, it's so important. You got to know what's happening with your body, you know, and some of the conversations that you and I had were just eye opening for me, you know, cause some of the stuff that we were sharing was just so interesting because you never are taught this stuff. You know, you think that how you feel is how you feel and you know, you're broken yep. or you need medication and it's very high price medications and things that have a lot of side effects that we don't know much about versus some of the things that you and I started looking into, which completely changed my perspective. And I've never felt better. So. Last thing I'll say is the most frustrating part when I went on this journey and, and got my blood work done was the amount of people that did it ahead of me and they never told me. And so I will use this platform. I will use my personal platform. And now they open they up. Saw, I did a little social media yeah. post about getting my blood work done. I got 50 DMs over a period of a week or two. Bro, why didn't you tell exactly. me this before? I was so frustrated with all these people that cared about me that never told me, hey, you ever thought about getting your blood work done? Nobody ever even mentioned that as an option. And so that's the last thing I want to say is get your blood work done. Me and Marcus are using this platform to tell you if you need help, send us a direct message. We can help you find different routes. I know he has some connections in his space. I have connections in mine of people that can get you labs. They can get you blood work and you can start taking steps. Cause that's the last kind of big picture is if you're not getting the results you want, you truthfully in your heart, believe you're doing the work. There could be other factors at play. And so you need to make sure that you check all the boxes so that the work and the effort that you're putting forth actually does bring fruit. Because if the tree's dead and you're still throwing water on it, it still is never going to grow fruit. But if the tree's not dead, it just needs a little fertilizer. It needs a little extra water. It needs a little extra sunlight. You can really start pumping out some fruit. And so uh, those are my last thoughts on that. My man, another great episode of the crew. On a heater this week, 
Getting it started the right way with back-to-back episodes. Giving you all a full dose of the Grateful Eight show this week. As always, we appreciate y'all. And we're going to see you more as we continue to give you all what you need. Our eight pillars always wrapped up in some part of our show. As always, sports, family, culture, business, entertainment, relationships, growth, and fitness. The Grateful Eight thanks you, and we will see you all next time. We hit him with that Wu-Tang again.